This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. The way government uses IT is long past its sell-by date with a radical shift in its approach now necessary. That's the view of Cambridge Judge Business School's Dr Mark Thompson, co-author of the paper Why Government IT Should Never Be the Same Again. In it, he argues that the approach to public services is changing and that major shifts in technology are the prime reasons behind it. Ten years ago, it was predicted that it would become a utility or a commodity for which we should not expect to pay a premium. That is now happening, and it's potentially driving new Google-like or Amazon-like open business models across non-traditional businesses. Does he really believe that the public sector would use those models? Until, until recently, uh, I would have said no, absolutely not. I think what is now happening is a little bit of a quiet revolution. What, what effectively has happened is, is, is that IT has become able to wrap traditional vertically integrated business logic, so, so stuff that really couldn't be separated out before, in common standards that, that effectively introduces a dyna- dynamic a little bit more like open source. So open source guys can swap code around, uh, the code adheres to common standards, everything works with everything else. And I think now we have the possibility to chop up individual uh, pieces of business logic into swappable cassettes, if you like. And this is absolutely revolutionary. The reason it's revolutionary is because if I can chop up an HR function, a finance function, uh, rather than outsourcing the whole lot, what I can do is I can distinguish between the, the utility and commodity elements of that function, the more sort of regular process parts of it, from the riskier parts of it. And that has enormous implications, commercial implications, not only for government, but for all large process-heavy organisations. In what way? I think what, what, we, what we saw in government was over the last 10, 15 years was a progressive wave of outsourcing where, where uh, it, was, it was absolutely de rigueur for government departments and agencies to outsource entire functions um, to, to large companies. Now, obviously, the underlying desire in outsourcing is to aggregate uh, demand around which suppliers will cluster. Unfortunately, what happened is that government effectively aggregated supply so that certainly in the IT world, a couple of years ago, we had a situation where over 21 billion total IT spend in the UK, approximately 80% of that spend went to uh, between 12 and 15 suppliers. Now, what happened is that government was therefore forced to cluster around individual suppliers rather than the other way around. And this meant that if, for example, you, you were an Oracle shop or an SAP shop or any other proprietary technology, the, the thinking was that you adjusted your own your core processes around the supplier's proprietary technology rather than the other way around. And actually what we're about to see is a complete inversion of that model. Are you saying that outsourcing itself is wrong? The fundamental idea that if you, if you can aggregate demand and you can, you can standardise what it is that, that you want to outsource... Um, that you can drive down costs is absolutely sound. The problem we had is that government effectively aggregated supply uh, and, and, and thus failed to, to, to aggregate its, its own demand in such a way as that it could play the markets. What we're seeing now is a progressive uh, drive to, to standardise common business process across government. And if common business processes can be standardised across government and they can be chopped up into interoperable cassettes, 
then effectively what we're seeing is government coming together to aggregate its demand around which suppliers will have to cluster. And no longer will people say, we are a, a, an Oracle shop or SAP shop or whatever we might be. Government will say, we are open to business for anybody who is capable of executing this business process according to this common technical standard. And we no longer care who you are. We no longer care what technology you operate. We will increasingly, via mechanisms such as cloud, uh, rent it by the hour. And we may swap next year if we don't like your service. That looks very, very different from traditional five, ten-year proprietary technology lock-ins uh, that we're all used to within government. And it's revolutionary. The coalition will welcome this because they're trying to drive down prices and what you're saying is going to drive down costs. But on the other hand, you are going to get what I might call the IT czars who are going to resist it because they're quite happy with what they've got and what they can't accept is that, is that it ain't busted, so we don't have to fix it. You've, you put your finger on a very interesting problem, and, and of course, uh, you know, in, in, in deeply held within, within British law is, is the notion of the Sir Humphrey civil servant that will resist politically driven change uh, at any level, or even market driven change. Um, I think the, the way in which this has got to happen has got to be bottom up. So, it, so the fundamental to the open model that we're talking about, open standards model, is that it has to be driven by individual uh, decision making at the local level. In order to do that, we have to drive transparency of cost awareness. So, so what I'm saying is utility markets are, are very price sensitive. When you buy your electricity, uh, you don't necessarily care very much who it is that supplies it or your petrol. What you're after is the cheapest price because effectively there's very, very little value add in there. And I think government needs, as government becomes more price aware and is more capable of, of standardizing what it does and, and driving it towards a utility format, then it will become increasingly unacceptable for civil servants to justify a, a very expensive proprietary option at the expense of, of a, an alternative choice which exists in the market, which might cost a tenth of that, or even in some cases actually be free of charge altogether. And that will become politically unacceptable. Well, amongst other things, you are an advisor to the Cabinet Office. Now, how are you going to suggest that that is driven? Is it, is it driven from the low level to the top or brought in at the top and, and forced downwards? What I'm currently trying to put together is, is an educational programme for senior civil servants to, to try and set out the overall direction of travel in which this, this emerging open landscape is, is, is becoming apparent. I think it's going to be very difficult. I wouldn't expect everybody necessarily to, to almost believe that this stuff is becoming a reality, but we're absolutely seeing green shoots all over the public sector. But as I say, ultimately, I think it has to be around driving increased awareness of cost of ownership and cost of operation of public services as opposed to easily available data about utility alternatives and and sooner or later that will ripple through through all of those myriad decisions that are made um, throughout government given not so much a blank check but a blank piece of paper where would you start what i would actually love to do is to do if you like what uh, prudential did with egg Egg, Egg was a, a brand new business model which was able to almost start again with a blank sheet of paper um, and, and proved extremely disruptive in the marketplace. I think we have large, proprietary, highly traditional and vertically integrated departmental systems at the moment and largely untouched in some of their core processes uh, since the post-war era. And unfortunately, a lot of that process has now become redundant and could be done extremely differently. What I would like to do is, is to st almost start again by uh, disaggregating some of those large integrated uh, processes and systems, coming up with some common, again, common standard processes across government, which could be farmed out in the form of small chunks of interoperable cassettes again. Like what? 
If you look at, for example, two of the key departments of state, HM Revenue and Customs and Department of Work and Pensions, both of those are, if you, if you think about it, fundamentally transactional. They function as mini-banks, and the vast majority of what they do uh, is, is standard processing. And anything that, fundamentally, that you can standardise, as we've seen with the, with the explosion of uh, workflow and, and outsourcing of business functions abroad, anything that you can standardise in business, you can, if you're careful, drive towards a commodity status, and you can bring the price down dramatically. Uh, and I think there's there's every opportunity to take a very kind of jaundiced view across many traditional processes in government and have a look at how those might be standardised across government. And there are real opportunities there to take to take vast amounts of cost out, the sort of cost that, that, that people aren't necessarily envisaging at the moment. You're an academic. The bureaucrat will say, well, what does an academic know? We are the practitioners. I am an academic. I'm, I'm in the fortunate position, however, of, of running a, a technology consulting company uh, based in London that specialises in public sector procurement and systems. And I'm working across currently the local government sector, which is, which is a little bit more further advanced in this than, than central government. And we're working with many chief executives who are increasingly looking to transform local government into what they call an outcome-focused organisation. So no longer do they, do they measure inputs and care about the processes, they just care about the outcomes. And increasingly they're looking to redesign traditionally integrated service towers around outcomes. Uh, they're looking to standardise all their technology, all of their processes, and looking to do this between a three to four year time frame. And we're seeing uh, some really quite radical change across certain areas of local government already. Now, I think what's going to happen quite simply is that when some of those processes are complete, there will be increasing focus on the cost of those as opposed to the cost of running some, some other services in more traditional ways. And I think we're going to see uh, games of rapid catch up happening across government. Mark Thompson, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series. Thank you.